4.6 billion. The Earth forms. Cambrian. 542 million. Complex life explodes. Permian Triassic. 251 million. 90% of species die. Cretaceous tertiary. 65 million. Meteor kills the dinosaurs. 55 million. Primates appear. 2.3 million. Pleistocene. 200,000. Agricultural 250. Industrial revolution. Great acceleration. The Anthropocene. Welcome to Generation Anthropocene. I'm Mike Osborne. Sitting in my backyard, it's early April. I'm in North Austin, the cold April night, or cold by Austin standards. Cold enough to have a campfire. So I decided to come out have a fire tonight. Stars are out, or as much as they can be out in the middle of the city. The city has felt a lot quieter since the pandemic hit and social distancing went into effect. It's weird. I mean, I'm sure it's weird where you are too. been doing this thing where get on my bicycle and I've been riding all through the streets of Austin all these roads that are usually jam-packed with traffic have been bombing down them on my bike and like I'm the only one on the road and I know or at least I don't think that this pandemic is the end of the world But there's some things about it that make it feel like a preview or something. Anyway, before this all started, I was working towards bringing Generation Anthropocene back. Because if you're listening to this, you know it's been three years since we put out a full-length episode. And after a lot of effort behind the scenes, finally decided I am going to bring the show back. And I'm going to say... A little bit more about why later on but before I do I want to try and pick up where we left off we spent five years building something and I don't know just when it reached kind of the height of its glory got left there it's just been gathering dust so I want to blow off that dust three years ago after we released season 10, Miles, Leslie, and I all went into studio to just talk, talk about everything that we'd built. But I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do other than just talk with them. So as soon as we sat down, Leslie Chang turned to me and said, Mike, what are we doing? That's a fair question. I don't exactly have a plan. I guess I called you both here. Hi, hi Miles. Hello, Mike. And hello, Leslie. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Without saying too much, 
I think our show is at a kind of crossroads. Yeah. And, you know, it's been five years of Generation Anthropocene, and the three of us have put our heart and souls into it and have come a long way, and it's been a weird journey, and uh, we should talk about that. <laughs> Generation Anthropocene began in 2012 with me and Miles Traer. Miles was my best friend in grad school. We'd get together and talk about our advisors, our science, drink coffee, go out, get beers, whatever. Miles was studying geophysics. He was looking at turbidite flows in the oceans. Actually, I never really totally understood what Miles was doing. And I think he'd probably say the same thing about me. I was studying paleoclimate, which is just a fancy word for climates of the past. But, you know, that's climate change science. That's global warming stuff. And one of the things I had discovered was that I was bumming everybody out. Anytime anybody asked me, hey, what do you do? And I said, I study climate science. You know, the mood was just sour. And, you know, nobody wanted to hang out with me anymore. Nobody wanted to talk about climate change or global warming. And, you know, I could hardly blame them. It's a depressing topic. But I also felt like, you know, it was important. So I was struggling and I was looking for another way, I don't know, to talk about global warming. I was looking for another way to frame the problem. You came to my apartment in San Francisco up on Petrero, and I remember we were sitting at the tall table that we had with the awkwardly tall chairs, and we were sitting there looking out at Carl the Fog rolling in over <laughs> Sutro Tower, and you turned to me and said, what do you think about this Anthropocene idea? And that it was a word I was only cursorily familiar with at that point. Like, I hadn't read The Economist article. Yeah. I hadn't read a lot of this stuff about it. All I knew is that it was this concept being debated about humans being a geological force. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, I, I, I kind of, I had seen it floated around a bit, but it wasn't until Oliver Morton's article that I was like, oh, there's like this whole really rich idea here. Well, and it was the 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 point of that article that hit me was the idea of the human fossil, the impact like our imprint fossils, cities as fossils. And that was like a kind of like mind-melting moment for me of like, oh. In 2011, The Economist had this front-page article, Welcome to the Anthropocene. It was written by this guy named Oliver Morton, and one of the things he does in that article is pose this thought experiment. He says, pretend you could go a million years into the future and look back into the rock record. What would you see? And at first you go, oh, okay, probably climate change. But then it's like, it's more than that. Cause like, okay, you'd see different fossils maybe, right? Because all of the um, exotic species have been, you know, replaced by domesticated livestock. You might see, you'd see some change in land use because forests and grasslands are replaced by agricultural fields, monocultures. You'd see a change in the ocean pH. CO2 is acidifying the oceans. You'd see a change in nitrogen isotopes and nuclear isotopes. There's like all these things that, you know, it's not just climate change. It's so much bigger than that. And Miles and I both really responded to this idea. The name Generation Anthropocene was thrown out at that meeting. It was your idea. And when you said Generation Anthropocene, originally I was like, that's too many syllables. <laughs> <laughs>
you have to understand that being a research scientist can be really boring. Like there's a lot of mundane tasks in the lab, you know, preparing samples for the mass spectrometer or whatever. So for me and for a lot of other people, podcasts were just a godsend. They were a way of, you know, keeping your brain active and interested in whatever's going on, you know, while you're kind of chugging through your day. Miles and I both loved podcasts and we had talked about having a show, but we didn't have an idea for what it would be about. Then came the Anthropocene. We had a concept. But now the problem was, how are we going to get this thing off the ground? And that's when I had this idea. What if we did it as a class? We'd take a bunch of students, you know, show them the Anthropocene, show all these exponential ways in which Earth's surface geology is changing, and then turn it over to them and say, you know, who do you want to talk to now? Who do you want to interview? We will make that conversation happen. So Miles and I built a syllabus, and we advertised the class, and one of the students who signed up was Leslie Chang. I had never heard the word Anthropocene before that. Like, not in any of my Earth Systems classes, nothing. What are your memories of the class? Well, I have a very strong memory of the first class. Um, <laughs> my memory of the first class was that you two were sitting at the front of the room. It was like a long rectangular conference room. Conference room. Yeah. And so like everyone was sitting around it um, and we just discussed the Anthropocene. Like you did some slides and discussed the Anthropocene concept. You like asked us to go around and talk about it. Um, and then I just like the idea of like talking to someone on microphone and the fact that everyone was there like to uh, around this project together. Like I hadn't done that in a class before. We asked all of you students to pitch names. Yeah, oh. and I, I have a, and we, I had different colored um, like dry erase markers. Oh, and, and, yes. and it was like green is going to be science. Like three the, different colors. Yeah, yeah. and I was and because we wanted to get a sample of like. We wanted this to be kind of a science show, but we also didn't want it to be exclusively a science show. Or at least we told the students, you can pick whoever yeah, you want. Yeah, anyone right. you want. We will find the Anthropocene connection. And I, that first picture, is it's still very burned in my head because I remember looking at the board going, it is like very different. You know, there were humanities, there were hard sciences, mm -hmm. there was combinations of everything in between. And I was like, wow, okay, th this is going to be cool. Our students were really into the idea, but right from the get-go, this was an experiment. Can you take student curiosity and channel that into a compelling conversation? On paper, on paper, it seemed like such a good idea. I also remember the first interview being painful. Do you remember that? <laughs> I remember the first interview so vividly. Because... I don't think we should mention names here. No, no, we're not gonna mention names, but I remember sitting- It was Maxine. <laughs> <laughs> Max. Yeah. I mean, brave girl oh, no. went first. She, she went first. Everything yeah. everything followed because she went first. It was she's definitely... so trying to play it cool. Like, I so admire yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, she's like trying to play it cool. Step it up, but boy, it was like, this sucks. Well, no, no, because she, well, she was doing... Everybody knew it. Everybody so, knew yeah, it. the first few conversations were pretty awkward, but we got better, and the students kept coming up with creative ideas. Before too long, the conversations were getting good, and we began to feel like we were on to something. There's a name that we haven't been discussing that absolutely should be discussed, which is Tom Hayden. 
uh, because Tom. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Our guru. <laughs> no, I mean he. You know, he was mentoring us from the very beginning, and and helped us with a lot of that early sort of like course design. And you know, when 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 we would go to him for help, he wasn't you know standing over our shoulder saying, "Try this, do this, do this, do this." But where I think one of his like most important steps along the, the way f- is launch of season one launch of season one yeah. and getting grist interested yeah um because then it felt like a thing that might exist beyond the class tom hayden was a mentor to us all from the very beginning he taught science communication at stanford but he had also worked as a journalist and when that first class wrapped up he put us in touch with people at grist.org environmental news blog the people at Grist told Miles and me, hey, look, this looks like a cool show. If you can send us an episode once a week, we'll host it. So all of a sudden, this wasn't just a class anymore. It felt like, you know, a show that could keep going. And with Grist on board, people were discovering it. Stanford even gave us some money to hire part-time producers. And that's when we brought Leslie on board. And I threw myself into keeping Generation Anthropocene going at all costs and it felt like there was there was a weird tension that arose because so much seemed to be riding on it and that's hard when yeah. everything feels like it rests oh, on it oh yeah no i mean just to say a word about that from my end if i may yeah i, I, I was i it was very clear to me very early on in my phd that i was not going to be a research scientist that i didn't have what it takes yeah uh and as soon as the podcast got even a little bit of momentum, uh, I saw a future opening up for me that I was hellbent on going after. And yeah. and I think in retrospect, selfishly hellbent. Like I, I think I think that to the extent that you and I had had our you know, that's what it issues, came from. Yeah. It came from you know, me wanting this to succeed at all costs and pushing people at all costs. And and, and selfishly. By the way, I'm sorry about that. But we got past it. In that first run of Generation Anthropocene, we took the show from a small class to a weekly podcast. When we brought Leslie on board, Miles and I both became friends with her, and she was always the voice of reason. She was grounded in a way that, I don't know, helped deal with some of the tension that arose between me and Miles. More than anything else, I discovered Leslie is just a great listener. And to this day, it's my favorite thing about her. By the summer of 2013, we'd produced around 50 episodes. Now, at that point, it looked like Gin Anthro might fade away. Miles and I were both set to graduate, Leslie had graduated, and, you know, the end was near. But about a year later, much to everybody's surprise, the stars slowly realigned. Both Miles and I were hired at Stanford in different jobs, and in 2015, Leslie also got hired by Stanford. So with the three of us all in the same place, we decided, let's relaunch the show. And at that point, we all had a little more training and just a clearer vision of what we wanted Generation Anthropocene to be, about what made it good. The best interviews by far have been when the person doing the interview cares, right? Like when it's a passion project. I need to know more about what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel the curiosity. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that helps too, having like different styles on the team, right? Is that we all have a different sense of what good is. And like that has, like the hodgepodge that the show is, is actually its strength, right? That like we all have different sensibilities. Yeah. Between 2015 and 2017, we taught the class several times. We started doing scripted episodes, not just long-form interviews. 
we started playing with sound design. As producers, we were just having fun. There was that, like, the just this, like, gelling, I think, of the three of us where, like, we had all gotten better as interviewers, as producers and editors, and we were starting to figure out what we were good at and what we wanted to do. That was really exciting at that point. And then from there, like, the show has just gotten better. Throughout this whole experience, we kept broadening the idea of what the Anthropocene is, what it means. We did stories on the fashion industry, urban agriculture, peak phosphorus, the sounds of space. The Anthropocene kept getting bigger and bigger. And, you know, it, it started off as this question of geologic boundaries and, you know, kind of technical, how is the Earth's surface changing? But what we found more and more compelling was the idea of the Anthropocene as a metaphor, that we are living through a moment of geologic proportions and planetary change. It supercharged our brains, and behind the scenes, we were just firing on all cylinders. We did get more feedback from our listeners than we have in past seasons. Like, they trust us, and they want to hear from us, and they, like, trust our perspective and are into it. And, like, that, the like, just the feeling that we've, like, created this consistent experience for people, like, that makes me feel really good. Like, our show has just, like, it is, it's, like, come into its own in this past season. Well, that sort of brings us right to where we are. The future of this show yeah, yeah. is unfortunately uncertain. Uh, I, I don't, I don't want to say there's never going to be another Generation Anthropocene episode. I think that there's even stuff in the works right now, and that I hope to release more. But uh, I think the three of us are at a crossroads. So, back in 2017... Knowing that the end might be drawing near, I pushed both Leslie and Miles to reflect on what this had all meant. I, yeah, I guess as the years have gone on more and more, I have felt that this show like needs to exist. Yeah. Um, but like at the core of it, I want the show and the project to exist. Why? I mean, just to push on it. So, okay, it's been five years since we've started the show. Like climate change feels more real to me now than ever before. Like five years ago when we did it, I knew environmental issues were a problem and pressing and very important. But like that has accelerated for me in the past two years. Um, and me too. yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's, it's still an issue that people aren't talking about enough. And I feel like we have created this little space where people can talk about it in a really like broad and like personal way. And not just about climate change. And not just about climate change, about like, yeah, the environment more broadly or like human nature relationship or like, yeah, like what does it mean to be human? The, the thing about the show that I have so much like passion for is that I have never done an episode, never on this on the show. I've never produced an episode where I didn't learn something. Tom Hayden has sometimes, uh, you know, when we've talked about whether or not you know Generation Anthropocene will continue to exist. Yeah. Uh, he the analogy he he's always used that I that I love is it's like think of it as an indie band. Think yeah. of it. Think of it as like you know the cool indie band um, that started in the garage, and everybody goes off and has a career in music, but always will look back at, at, at that first band like that's where we learned, that's where we cut our teeth, that's yeah. where we got our chops. So before the opportunity is lost, thank you both. Yeah, for yeah. being part of this. This is uh, this is feels like one of the great accomplishments of my life to put this show together. And it's a uh, it's a, it's an absolute honor to have done it with you guys. It's 
the moments shared in studio in the editing room having i think i have a picture of us at four in the morning cutting the very oh first episode ever <laughs> the huge pieces of like uh butcher paper and arrows and quotes and Aww. thoughts and all of that stuff written yeah. around everywhere and just going like that became this because you two were there i have nothing to add i'm crying over here so. <laughs> <laughs> um well, who knows? Maybe maybe there'll be a second life. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. That was three years ago. Miles, Leslie, and I haven't all been in the same room together since. Miles still lives in the Bay Area, but he's no longer at Stanford. Leslie moved to Michigan for a little while, and now it looks like she's heading back to California. And in late 2017, I moved to my hometown of Austin, Texas, which is where I am now. The three of us are still friends, for sure, but that chapter of Generation Anthropocene is closed. Which brings us to now. I said at the top of the show that I was going to tell you more about why I'm bringing Genanthro back. Now, just to be clear, I don't have a plan. I never have. And while some friends, including Miles and Leslie, have offered to lend a hand here and there, for the most part, I'm starting this off on my own. So why do this? I guess like Leslie said in that conversation, I believe the show should exist. And certainly more recently, I've been thinking about what this whole COVID-19 pandemic can teach us about global warming. But probably... The main reason, the biggest reason I want to bring Generation Anthropocene back is the Anthropocene itself. Now, I'm not particularly interested in this technical question of whether or not we are actually in a new geologic age, but there is something powerful about looking at the world through a geologic lens. Go back to that thought experiment of traveling into the future and looking back into the rock record and imagining what you might see. Hey, hey, sweetie. What you imagine seeing tells you a lot about where we are, about what we are, about what humanity is. It's not just climate change, even though for me right now, that is still the most urgent problem. It is all the ways that humans are changing the rules of life. So what are the limits of our power? What are the power dynamics within cultures and societies that intentionally or not actually set the rules? And is there maybe an entirely different way of thinking about the human environment relationship? As for what's next, one way or another, I'll do everything I can to put out as many... I love you too, sweetie. I'm going to try and put out as many episodes as possible. I think you're going to like the next one. We have flogged people over the head with how old the Earth is, billions of years, and not emphasized the narrative parts. It's not just how old or how long ago, but what happened? <laughs> Welcome back to Generation Anthropocene.